Carson. So what's the tea? Hey, Cressley, the titties were not real. <gasps> Liberace was gay? Come on, fellas, give it to me straight. Where did Justin Bieber come from? <laughs> Big Housewives of Tuckahoe alert. We ran into Shea Coulee and Alexis Mateo having lunch. So, Colin, I'm wondering if you've ever felt any less seen by RuPaul's Drag Race than in this moment. Uh- Honestly, I was like, what channel am I watching? What is this? How am I a sophomore in high school again? Why am I so afraid and aroused? Right? Yeah. Like, definitely so afraid afraid. and aroused. Afraid and aroused is, is perfect. And it's, yeah, it's like going, it's like walking through the cafeteria and you have to walk past that table of those boys exactly yes uh i felt like you know i went to catholic school and so we all had uniforms but so no one was dressed like this but the energy of it like just the like the way that they were sitting the way that they like there was this the thing with straight men like this is there is despite how slouchy they are and how just like (laughs) lackadaisical they're so tense they're so tense mm. they're so afraid of, of connecting or touching mm-hmm. or showing any emotion mm. it's well oh my god what i i think is so interesting about it and granted like i love you know female drag female presenting drag and things but exposing the audacity and hypocrisy of bro drag is what I'll call it, bro drag, because we see mm-hmm. it. Like, it's not just on Drag Race. Like, we see bro drag. Whenever you see those commercials for Jersey Shore, because I know you're not watching it, that is bro oh. drag. They're all in bro mm-hmm. drag, and they know they do turn it off eventually. It's just, you know, we don't see it, because we see these people when they're in the locker room, on the court, in the bar, at the game. They're just putting on this this broness and you know these hand movements and uh, the hand (laughs) movements. well and like just to your point to jersey shore he calls himself the situation Mm. like uh, you know move over the vivian because we've got (laughs) the situation like it absolutely is it drag i mean it's such it's it oh it's just like ronnie or you know ronnie's kind of a mess but i feel like the other ones who who use a little more hair product Vinny or whatever his name yes it's it must take them just as long to get ready as Oh and as, and uh, there's whole episodes about it. Yes. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yes. They have they have yeah. shirts that they put on before they put on their going out shirts. Like Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, my getting ready shirt. Well, it's like in the queens in the workroom always have their like their little, you know, moo-moos on when they're painting. Right, right. They they have uh, you know, all the colognes, all the smells. They get their hair cut like every three days, uh, yeah. it's 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 a lot of upkeep, you know, and I, it is it is a certain type of drag. Um, you you can you can also talk about it's different than bro drag, but it is another form of male drag, which is uh, wrestling. That is mm-hmm. that is that is uh, soap opera meets drag, right? For yeah, for a male audience, wrestling is like drag for like straight communities because mm-hmm. yes, men and yes. women are into it right you're right, wrestling, you're right, I, right yeah a friend of mine is really into 
professional wrestling and i was like really he's like yeah it's it's all drag it's all performance it is the the fighting it's like how lip how drag race has lip syncs wrestling has fighting but then there's all this other drama and all these other stories and all these other characters and it's like and it's all these guys in these little spandex suits jumping on each other i know but you know what when i was straight community when i was teaching uh in queens my my advisory once there were a few people in it that had an argument over whether it was real or not and i'm like are you are you kidding me i'm sorry wow. to tell you you're 14 so i'm allowed to tell you because it's not like i'm telling you santa claus is fake here like no that is absolutely fake nothing is real <laughs> yeah it's just i mean I remember being very young. I remember because wrestling would come on Saturday around noon after the cartoons and just before my mom would say, all right, we've got chores to do. And she'd work out all of her marital stress on doing chores in the house all weekend. (laughs) And I remember catching glimpses of it. (laughs) True story. Talk about what is real. And uh, it was like, as a kid, I was like, is this real? Like, I, I didn't understand, but then with adult eyes, it's kind of like, well, obviously Santa Claus isn't squeezing down everybody's chimney on Christmas Eve. Like, it's very clear that it's not real. Yes, and and what I loved about this bro drag for, you know, also the reasons that we kind of talked about, being afraid but also aroused, right? But, uh, and the, re- and the t- speaking to the aroused side of things, I mean, many of us, many, not all, because... Those that have smart heads. Um, it just reminded me of like just Sean Cody acting. Oh, yeah. Like all of these oh, all of these yeah. people are just Sean Cody drag. Like on when when you watch those opening scenes of Sean Cody, if you don't skip them, it is it it's drag. That's what this is. And that's why that's what I felt like they were almost quoting to a point where I'm like, all right, all of these people could just get naked and still be like yeah, yeah, I, I kind of like it when a guy's tongue is up my butt, you know? <laughs> yeah, you can tongue my donut any day. Uh, you know, there's what another... What does that mean? What does that even what mean? Is <laughs> <laughs> um, there's another, like, yeah, absolutely Sean Cody realness, you know, at all. There's, you know, all the variations of that. Sean Cody, Randy Blue, blah, blah, blah. I think they've mm, all yes. conglomerated. But then there's also, like, the genre of, like, fake frat porn, like, fraternity X and stuff like that, where it's, I gotta tell you, I gotta say, I've never watched, a, like, a full feature, but I've definitely, like, fast-forwarded through some clips and to get to the good parts. And I was like, this is... I'm not saying it's wildly realistic, but they've done a really good job to make this feel kind of real. Ugh, yeah, when it gets to that point, I it's really hard for and me it, to watch, you know. Like, it starts to get a little gross. It starts to get a little abusive or yeah. a little aggressive and a little sleazy well, in a not good way. You don't know if it's really gay for pay, like not quoting gay for pay, but like actually gay for pay where it's like survival, you know, when the porn industry oh, gets kind of gray yeah. and dark, right? Uh, Lots of wincing bottoms, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and it's like, no, I want you to act like it hurts, you know? Like, I don't For want... like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't... Yeah. Right. Like, not even a minute. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. Like, it should be over-the-top drag broing, you know? That's what I want. <laughs> uh, like, honestly, to me, like, I... This is such, like, a Patreon conversation. I know. Let's have it in Act 1 of the main episode. Sure. Um... <laughs> Oh, because this challenge was so compelling and we really want to talk about it. But honestly, I, to me, the ideal, like 
the ideal mix if we're gonna like take that genre is give me the 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 fratty jockey bottom who's really good at taking dick Mm -hmm. like that's hot to me because everyone's having a good time then yeah and all of these drag race girls tapped into that energy which is why it was the most entertaining part of this challenge was whenever they cut to these scenes the the, my like especially juju b and mayhem i was just like i'm feeling this che coulee was also very strong at this drag um i will you're saying they're giving you frat guys who can secretly take dick Yes. Is that what this is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where it's like I just want to I'm, make I'm like, sure we're I'm on the like, same page here. Yes. I'm like I am fantasizing about them and I'm disgusted by them at the same time, kind of thing. Yes. Well, that's it. Like a little bit of disgust is just like a little bit of Mrs. Dash on the chicken, you know? Like it and, just and, makes and, it taste better. Yes. And as a gay a gay man <laughs> that often makes, you know, uh, self-harming or or bad decisions, right? When it comes to the men he chooses, you know, it makes sense to me that, you know, that a lot of us are attracted to that bad boy or the one we can't have, right? I just feel like that's a narrative that Certainly. a lot of us, if, even if you're not admitting to it, it's like, come on, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Right, exactly. Like it's very, it's very PC to be to like reject that kind of guy. And I'm not saying I'm going to validate no. him or buy him anything or take him home and meet my mother. But like, is there a small part of me that's like, oh, I love a dirt bag? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you know, <laughs> absolutely. When push comes to shove, and please shove. Uh, no, when push comes to shove, yeah. uh, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out with this guy. Are you fucking kidding me? But it's the fantasy, oh. and 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 it's it's yes. a, it's about something very more primal and sexual that developed in my childhood from you know self hatred and shame. Like really, that's all. If I'm gonna go all right, Mary about it, like that's what it is. Um, sure. <laughs> If I spent more than like five minutes getting to, getting to know the guy, it'd be like, oh god, yeah. This, I mean, I, I, it's like, oh god, you don't that. floss. Like it's that type of yeah, thing. yeah. Where you're like, all right, I'm gonna do this because I know it's wrong. But then, like in the afterglow, you're like, okay, even I know this is like not. I need to go. Like yeah. I can't. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I will say this: there are members of the gay male community that that do bro drag and yep. are totally gay and have. You know, there are rainbow flags flying and all of that. And I'm kind of like, yeah, fine. Do that drag. Just like just like in the gay community, right? There's also Laganja Strangas that put on that kiki mm-hmm. voice and that walk mm-hmm. into the club and go, hey, girls, what's going on? Oh, my God. But that's not that's not how you talk when I when we hang out, you know, when we hang out. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's not like how you talk when you and I hang out. Yeah, right, bro. right, right. Bro, bro. Pass me bro, a booski. Yeah. <laughs> but but so, pass me one of those hard seltzers. <laughs> Ooh, I want the shake cool ale, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody support shake cool ale. <laughs> right. Also, this is a, a non-sponsored plug for shake cool ale, which I haven't tried, but I'm sure it's lovely. I'm sure it's mediocre, and it's about supporting shake cool ale. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I don't like carbonated drinks, but I'll still support Shea Kool-Ale, right? Because um, I'm that gay. I'm that bitch. I don't drink beer. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink beer. I mean, I don't drink beer. It has too many carbs. But excuse me, I'm going to eat this entire Domino's pizza by myself in the dark. You know? Well, you know, so I, I, I kind of, we've kind of talked about like that whole voice and that drag. The one thing that confused me about this scene wasn't Carson Kresley, but it was why, why did Blair play a lesbian? I don't think Blair can help it. 
I I think that this I was is happy for the like, representation. I love a lesbian. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. No. Absolutely. I was real. I was like, oh wow, they got Kate McKinnon this season. I know. Um, I was like, oh, finally my stepping gosh. up the guests. My gosh, <laughs> Sandy Duncan's here. Okay. <laughs> oh thank goodness. With one eye, and she's still going. <laughs> Kathy Rigby, welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a real drag queen. <laughs> Mary Martin, where's your shadow? (laughs) (laughs) She's a real boy. (laughs) She can be a drag queen. You just have to believe. You just have to believe. Clap your fairy hands. Clap your fairy (laughs) hands. With those faggy wrists. Gays can, I'm surprised gays can clap. You know what I mean? (laughs) With their T-Rex hands. Their T-Rex hands. I love it. It's really a matter of throwing Uh, them against each other. I love gay people. I just, and uh, you know, it's it's Pride Weekend. I've been thinking about Pride. And I love, I love my Marys, my sissies, my faggots, my, my downtroddens, my outcasts so much. And so when you brought up the, you know, faggy hands, I'm like, yes, show off those rings. (laughs) <laughs> All that to say, like, Carson Kressley was so fucking funny mm. and so perfect as the Charles Nelson Riley style 70s dandy. Ugh. Um, it, it's I've, I've been uh, wanting to see that on hair. Snatch Game. <laughs> One, what's great is, like, this, was, this he had the ascot, you know? Like, he's mm. not even the chest hair gay. He's, like, the buttoned-up ascot gay. Ugh, love um, it. Love it. Brilliant. I was so Brilliant good. at it. And, you yeah. know, if we're if we're going to talk about some of the other men, I mean, I guess I could wait, but why not? We're 15 minutes in. We'll just mention. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Ross Matthews playing the kid from Up. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. He was the two of them. Yeah. I mean, this is I, I'm now I'm glad I'm, I we started with the bros, you know, because I, I could we couldn't wait. But I feel like in the spirit of gay pride, I, I had that same feeling watching Carson and Ross. I was like. I love these two these two homos. You yes. Know? Like yes. and and the and the gays that they're playing in this in this whole thing. Like they're playing such you know quirky archetypes of of gay males and I was just like, "Ugh, they're so good at it." And I and maybe that stood out because the overall the challenge wasn't like wildly strong. I felt like honestly the best performances were Carson and Ross. Well, Mary, this is the thing, and I think it goes to a bigger conversation that maybe we can continue in nuance, but like I I know that Tyra Banks and America's Next Top Model has had a lot of flack and has been problematic for years and people are finally, for some odd reason, finally waking up to it, even though this has been going on. But you could say what you want about Top Model. I, the, the one thing that Top Model did right was last for 22 seasons. And one of the ways that they did that was they changed up the challenges. They changed up to the judges. And I, part of me is like, you know what? I'm I'm happy if Ross and Carson stay with the franchise of Drag Race as these players. But why not mm-hmm. bring on some other judges, perhaps, uh, just to kind of change it up a little bit? Um, oh, you mean like Sarah Hyland's? Like we should probably get her. Well, back no, no. Well, Mary, I will get into that. I will yeah. get into that because I'm so into voguing right now. Yeah, I was so confused. I was like, oh, they brought you back after that. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, but um, it wasn't her. But yeah, yeah, they are fabulous in these challenges. That that continues to ring true. And uh, yeah, so while we saw the bro drag, we also saw gay male drag, which I. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's another thing that we can kind of poke fun at because it is very real. And I love that it was, and this is also true for TMZ because what's his name is gay as well. I'm pretty sure the. I'm the glad I don't know his this, name. Yeah, I'm glad with, I don't with know a, it. With a water bottle, and he's always hanging over the side of a Ugh, partition. So what do you got for me? Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> but that. I liked that. <laughs> I have to look up who it is now. Don't. I'm losing my mind. Well, I'm, okay, TMZ. Oh. Um, but I loved that just like that, this was Harry Levin. Harvey Levin, excuse me. Oh. Um, uh, but I love that this was a bunch of bros kind of reporting up to this Nelly queen. Mm-hmm. You know, and not like there was the power there were never bitch. any. Yeah. Yeah. And there were never any jokes at Carson or this Nelly queen's expense, except when he made them. You know yes, what I mean? Right, like, right. There was, they were never laughing at his like fayness. And I think. That's like little nuances like that, like choosing to not do that. It's like, okay, that's honestly, that's the other part of this challenge. I think that was the strongest was this little bro out, you know, the TMZ bro out. I thought that was really, I I thought they were all really funny. What And it seemed like it wasn't improv for the most part. It like or or that it was strong. Yeah. It was stronger improv because I think they probably, because there were so many in the room, they had a lot to work with. Right. Um, so I, I wonder, yeah, I, I would have liked to see more of it, but, you know, whatever. And some of it may have been scripted. Like, I don't I don't know if I could see India coming up with, like, glass in mm-hmm. her ass. I know. It, it sounded a little performed. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Agreed. A lot of it sounded performed. Um, especially yeah. that whole Justin Bieber with, with Blair thing. Um, yeah. yeah. But then there's other moments, like Juju just being like, she's hot, though. Like, that mm. was, I mean, like, he would, I feel like, Juju was probably doing like some of the most improv where then, you know, India, I mean, I'm, I'm not believing that India came up with the glass in her ass joke. If she also had the, yeah, she's uh, been caught stealing some um, expensive items. And I was like, that's it. That's your setup. I mean, we'll get into like India still being in the competition, but well, let's let's get into it, Mary. And before we do, yes, before let's start it with India. But before we do, tell our Marys what they're listening to. I mean, girl, it's eighteen minutes in. It must be another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. (laughs) All right, Mary. Uh, Which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with his B2B2 little TV show. I'm Johnny, and I'm Black Barbie going to combat. That's what I am. And I'm Colin, and you gotta be funny. Make me laugh. Uh, <laughs> he said it so off, like, just, like, as if, oh, I gotta say it. And you gotta make it funny. Make me laugh. As if, uh, as if he doesn't know that in the past he said, make me fucking laugh. Make me fucking laugh. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, I love the nuance of finding a different way of saying it. Of like, and you gotta make me laugh. And we gotta make it funny, you know? Like, and then there's this. But honestly, I think... Who was it that he said to? You gotta just make me fucking laugh. Like, who did he say that to? Was that season eleven? He, he did it. Four? He did it to Nina, uh, and then he does it to Evie, and that's the one we quote. Make me fucking oh. laugh, Evie. Make me fucking oh, laugh, Evie. That's what he says. Yeah. But he does say it to. Laugh. He does say it to Nina. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, good memory. Wow. Um, well, so so. Do you do you want to start with uh, India? Yeah, Mary. Because why is let's discuss India still in this uh, still on this reality show and on this platform? What is her platform? Why are we still? What? uh, Yeah. Why is India still there? I mean, you know, it's funny. I think about this similar similarly to how I thought about. It's not the same, of course, but like Aiden Zane on season twelve. 
I knew that she wasn't the strongest competitor. I knew that she, I certainly did not expect her to go very far. And I knew that there were limits. Their drag is different. Obviously, I think India's is obviously way more, uh, that's India's kind of known for being real draggy um, and isn't going to just wear like a referee's outfit. So I give her that. But the thing that they both had in common for me is like, I know they're not doing well, but like when it came down to like, who do I just still want to see more from regardless? If it came down to Mayhem or India, it's India. Like I'm just, I'm intrigued partially because I don't know what to expect. I'm intrigued partially because some elements of her performance on the show are really good in, in terms of like her makeup. Are you, you talking know? about India or Mayhem right now? India. Okay. India. Okay. Like I, I feel like basically I had that same feeling about Aiden where it was like, yeah, you know, she wasn't the strongest queen, but I, I was still like interested in seeing what she was going to do next or with the next challenge. Um, and I kind of feel the same way about India. There's elements. She's not like a total washout, you know? Mm. Um, but my, I wonder what's the expression from survivor. The mule. Is she going to be the mule, the goat, the goat, the goat, um, the mule the nag <laughs> mule. Um, I like the high ones. So, uh, I could, I wondered if that's it too. If she's still in the competition, because they feel like, oh, she really needs this and really wants this. Is she in the competition because, oh, she's she's never going to win, so let's keep her going. You know, like, I don't really know. I, I It was very awkward at the beginning of the episode when nobody, like, nobody was, well, actually, Alexis was like, oh, no, India did so well. And then Mayhem. Oh, it wasn't even a question. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, what? And then Mayhem was like she didn't defend her not picking India, but we saw before it was because she has some sort of alliance with India. It was mm-hmm. I I anyway, I um in terms of the story and why India is still on, um I I I am not excited by her uh <clears throat> anymore. I kind of have seen what I needed to see. Um I hear you. I uh, think yeah. she didn't do terribly in the challenge and she had a good runway. So I think that also um kept her. You know, if I'm gonna like go on a scorecard. Yeah. If you do like a drag race Thailand kind of rating, then mm-hmm. like yeah, her runway was stronger. But like it's I not think how they, this they works. both yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then then there's the other factor of it's not even just merit based. Like at whatever point these queens pull in Naomi Smalls, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, which I don't know. I kind of want to happen and it it feels like it's not going to happen. I the fact that Mayhem voted for herself. Like I feel like the queens are protecting each other from the fandom. Mm. Yeah, I can't believe we had now two queens vote themselves off. Yeah. An All-Star season. Like yeah. it's really um I agree. I think that's uh, uh it'll be interesting to kind of look back on this season. I mean, All-Stars 5 was filmed before season 12. Um, not that like, you know, the Queens are going to like see season 12 before they film all stars five, but I think just like in the timeline of when this was all kind of happening. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, cause I feel like we saw kind of a, except for like, you know, Britta, we saw a lot of the same on season 12 of like, there wasn't a lot of conflict mm. and you wonder if like all stars five season 12, like this is the era of Queens being like, it's not worth the drama, you know? Yeah. And even the drama that is mucked up, like it's, it's non drama. Like it's not yeah. anything. It, yeah. It just the stakes are low. Yeah. Yeah. It's too low. Um, I, in terms of this challenge, I, uh, you know, we kind of talked about the bro part of things. Um, I, 
it's unfortunate, right? Because improv challenges you look forward to. Bossy Rossi's show is similar to this type of format. We saw the cops mm-hmm. in season 11 um, mm-hmm. with Brooklyn Heights, you know, doing that like naked thing. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously a curious see Davenport uh, with the twerking. Um, I, this was super disappointing. Uh, I, I, I think that Drag Race, and I alluded to this before, but Drag Race just needs to start changing things up. Like, like mm-hmm. find people that are going to write better challenges. Well, it's funny you mentioned like season 11 and the LADP challenge because it's like elements of it, <clears throat> of it were different, but... <clears throat> when you when it comes down to it, the the building blocks of the scene between Jujube and Cracker, and the scene between Vanjie and Plastic Tiara as those two cats in the parking lot of a Seven <laughs> Eleven. Ultimately, it's kind of the same thing. It was with the different same variations. set. It was the same set. Yeah, same set. <laughs> and and it you know this one was obviously way more successful, but I think that yeah, I I feel like these improv challenges. Uh, they they get they get similarly chaotic or similarly dead in the water. Like, I feel like the ones that have been successful. Like, I'm trying to even think of like, you know, Bossy Rossi. Like, which one was like super successful from that? You know, I mean, the winners were Eureka and Aquaria as the babies. But like, I don't think back on any of these improv challenges and go, oh my god, that was a great moment. Mm. You know. Like, I'm, I can't, like, nothing jumps out to me. Like, I remember Akira crying and twerking. That was great. Um, I, I remember, remember loving Monique naked. Hart in that season. Uh, and then she, I think she got red. But I remember, like, loving some of the nuance that she was doing. Uh, what did she do? She was, like, in love with a cactus, I think. Oh, right. She and Blair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. I think they, they Monique figured it out. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think it's... Yeah, these. It's, I guess what I'm trying to say is, I feel like these improv challenges have been missing more than hitting, for the most part. Uh, yeah, and uh, who knows? I mean, they get to edit them, so you, yeah. you wonder, like, wouldn't you want to pull a Drag Race UK or a Drag Race Thailand and just show us the best version? Um, or is this the best is that this, they got? Yeah, is this the best that they got? Yeah. yeah. So in terms of, uh, I, I do want to find some of the nice moments in these challenges. Sure. So Alexis and Shay, for me, it was, and I hate that it was also her favorite thing, but it's when Alexis says, don't do this to the food. I'm taking this to go. <laughs> oh, yeah. When she stuffs the burgers in her bra, I know. I was like, well, I it was almost best supporting Alexis for the week, but there's another moment. Um, is it when she like has fries in her mouth and she looks at the camera? Cause I loved that. <laughs> no, but I like that too. I mean, you know, Alexis, Alexis herself is a great example of, there were moments in this where she was really funny. And then there were moments within that or, or, but those moments were within this other sort of chaos of energy. And I felt like that scene like if Shay and Alexis like calm down and really listen to each other, or maybe if Alexis listened to Shay more, I think that scene could have been like a standout, clear winner kind of challenge, like scene. You know what I mean? It could have been. It could have been. I, you know, I love Shay. I think Shay was kind of saved by Alexis not doing that well in this challenge because had Shay been with Juju B or Cracker, I feel like Shay would have been outshined, and we would have seen. 
a weakness of Shay here. Because for me, there was one moment that Shay did really well, but she was basically quoting Kristen Wiig as Kathy Lee uh, on SNL when she's like, more like drinking for two. And then she does this like face that Kristen Wiig oh, does. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, I I mean, I love Kristen Wiig's Same. Kathy Lee, yeah. but... Yeah. I was getting that and I don't feel like Shay and maybe it was because of her relationship with Alexis or because of how kind of poor Alexis was at this challenge um, that stopped Shay. Uh, so, you know, the jury's still out. But uh, yeah, the, the whole thing, it's hard because you want to you just want to root for Shay because she's so phenomenal and she's probably going to win the season. And I don't know if improv is her strongest suit. Sorry, Mary. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree. I think that it was, I mean, it was a fun scene, but like you were not seeing the same gears turning as they were for Jujube and Cracker. Right. It's like, okay, clearly like, you know, I mean, Cracker might be where it's like, okay, there's a little bit too much, like you have such a, you have a store of material that you're going to pull from and like, that's great, but sometimes it's very obvious. The Um, the other improv we saw from Shay was she, when she worked with Sasha Velour. She did that twice. She worked with Sasha on improv for when they were both eating the the broccoli. Yeah, uh, when they did the... The, the daytime uh, TV Q&N. show. Day, yeah. yeah, not QNN News, but the other, yeah, Good Morning Bitches. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also when they did the, the black exploitation film. But that wasn't improv. That was all scripted. I, I, they they kind of wrote it, and it was highly edited. Yeah. And I mean, I will always remember Shea Coulee saying, "Where are the espadrilles?" Um, which is you know funny, and it could have very well been scripted or done a couple of times. Here, you know, it is a true improv where they just come up with these characters, and one of them, Alexis, wasn't very good at the art. And then you have Shay, who I think is still developing. So mm-hmm. this scene didn't. Well, I work. think also, and I, you know, the LADP challenge. Of course, it was going to be conflicts in every scene and like kind of chaos needing to be reined in. But I feel like that's also the problem: is mm-hmm. that this everything had to be confrontations and like chaos and like it. I feel like that's you're you're just balancing so many plates and like it. I feel like people who aren't good at improv, once you put them into a confrontation in improv, like everything goes out the window. Yes. Soon they're yelling. Yes. They're not yes anding at all. Yes. They're uh, they're fake crying, Blair St. Clair, which is never funny. Um, and so like that's – I think that's the other challenge is like these scenes inherently for what they're about are like – kind of like expert level improv scenes because you have to be able to manage so much chaos at once. And I think just to show a good example of that is in Shay and Alexa's scene is Ross Matthews. Yes. He's doing it perfectly. Yes. He's doing it perfectly. So like, I think that was the problem. It was like in their scene, I was like, it's funny, but I think I'm laughing at Ross the most Mm. because I think he's getting the levels here. The, the idea of things going from, We've we've said this before. I feel like we're a broken record with Valentina. Who are the cats in the Valentina and um, Vanjie? Oh, oh no, <laughs> Valentina and Vanjie, Plastique and Vanjie. Oh sure, okay, right from season eleven. Um, yeah, yeah. It uh, it just goes to the fighting, and it's just like yeah, Ugh, okay. It reminded me. We said this about Jersey Justice too, and it was mm-hmm. like uh, I yep. liked it when it was. You know, I know that at the end of all of the scenes, like there had to be some sort of fight because it's Jerry Springer type of entertainment. But 
it they can't just rest on that for the funny um yeah and and that's what it felt like here they wanted to get to the slapstick so quickly um Mm -hmm. that you know there wasn't enough um quips not enough nuance there yeah yeah and i think that you know just to kind of move a little bit just we're an example where there were some more nuances i think with juju and cracker sure i think they I didn't really buy all of it and like where it all went. I was like, mm. like once it got to that, like, you know, secret romance thing, I thought, oh, this is such a trope. This is such a crutch, you know, like yeah. when all else fails, be secret lesbians. Yeah. You know? I, like, mm. I, I kind of loved it. I kind of loved it. I love that they brought it down. I loved the the performance of Cracker saying there is absolutely. And then she mouths nothing. And then she says going on. And then she kind of like does this clo- mouth close thing, coming up with a different word, but instead then says, with us. I, it was brilliantly performed, uh, and uh, I was in it with her there. I did like that they brought, at least brought the conflict down. There was like a beat. Certainly. No, it took it to a different place, which which gave the scene some variation. It was just like... Maybe this is just a sign of like, oh, I've, I've seen this too many times before on Drag Race. Or it was like, oh, I don't know. I, I, it just felt very familiar. I was like, oh, this move. Okay. Yeah. Now you're going to now you're gonna breathe on each other and say seductive things. Okay. I bet I know where this is going. You know? like it just, right, right. But we got yeah. the line, I'm wearing the butterfly ring you gave me, which I think is a really, really funny detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Juju was being classic pizza queen. She was being this Boston area mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that she brought a Boston to it. Mm. I was very impressed. I thought it was New York, but then I was like, no, don't be so self-centered. She's from Boston. She's doing Boston. Uh, and I felt like the, I, I liked that. I liked, <clears throat> you know, I like a mom, you know, mm. uh, and I liked that energy. I think, I don't know. I guess I just, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wish the scene went somewhere else. Cracker yeah. had had great lines that she came up with right charisma uniqueness nerve and also photoshop uh when Mm -hmm. lady gaga said there could be a hundred people in a room you were shocked like those were smart those were smart i also love jujubees no i have proof it's in my pocketbook like those more bumps than your foundation stick like there were some great lines in this scene i also you know because i'm about to say that Blair wasn't much in this scene but she did have the line overhead lighting which i thought was really well performed um but otherwise Blair didn't really do anything in this scene and I I'm mm. kind of like why wasn't Blair in the bottom and then you look at her runway and you're like oh okay well and and they could have also been like oh this isn't really camo now is it mm. but uh we'll get to that but um I you know I think with Cracker yeah I appreciated those like the hundred people in the room line and all that I guess there was just part of me it was like I knew she came in with all those lines prepared and like it and that's it okay felt, though that's okay it is okay but i can see her pulling them from her back pocket that's all right all. well like, i'm there's something about cracker where i could like i'm like oh i can see the joke coming i can see you in your head yeah you know? i get it but improv isn't totally on the spot like you do have to prepare you have to have ideas it's like when you come to snatch game it's like you don't sure we like those on the spot things that inform the whole performance but you do have like things that you're going to bring up like there is you know it's like whenever they say like with improv like have have two or three boy or girl names that you are that you always go to you know like mm-hmm. you have well, those it's, 
Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, there's certain things. Well, like, yeah, like, listen, so-and-so, certainly. Um, but I uh, I feel like the difference is, it, I think of it with, like, stand-up comedians, you know, where, like, they're doing the same set every night. And so it has to sound fresh every night. It has to sound like they're riding the waves of the audience and that the, the, the next punchline, that the hat on the hat is kind of like, a, you know, it happened naturally, you know? Um where the reality is like these are these are beats that they've rehearsed right. and have performed multiple times. So the the art of it is like not it, it's not just coming up with like that structure and then like delivering it but delivering it in a way that seems fresh each time each time and doesn't seem like you're waiting for like and now punchline because mm. I think and I think that's what I'm reading from from Cracker is like oh. the they, they they weren't coming out with the sort of like organic flow of like this is a prepared line but i'm gonna drop it here it was like a prepared line and i'm gonna say it in three two one like i could just i don't know i just felt that but that's maybe just my own impression you know sure i mean i didn't feel that um i one thing i do think is interesting to talk about is the the slapping in drag the slapping of drag race it's you know i didn't grow up with telenovelas uh, like i didn't watch that but i still am aware that slapping people back and forth is kind of a gay aesthetic. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on just all of the, the drag queens slapping each other since the beginning of drag race. Well, I feel like the inspiration from drag race for drag race hasn't always really been tele telenovelas, but like dynasty and oh. like that kind of, you know, uh, Alexis Carrington Colby and, and what's her name? You know, I didn't watch dynasty though. I didn't either, but that's just like when you think back to, you know, what about me? What about Juju B? Mm -hmm. Like all those like final three, you know, music video challenge you yeah, know, performances. Right. That's all just like soap opera dynasty. Yeah, I love right? it. And so I like I appreciate it. Like I appreciate like the the kind of clear melodrama of it because it is just like it's conflict in drag. Like it's slaps that don't hurt. And it's, or, it's a, or it's watching fighting without actual violence because it's so clearly not real. Ah! Um, like they're not ah! affected at all. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's just an interesting aesthetic that I don't think we've fully investigated on All Right, Mary. Just why slapping and what it's saying and why it's funny and, you know, where it comes from. But if you think it's like a dynasty telenovela place, um, I'll buy that. I just, I didn't grow up with those two things. So I, but I, it was still an aesthetic that I got. Yeah. I feel like this is like RuPaul, kind of in the same way that RuPaul, part of his drag persona is Faye Dunaway as Joan oh, Collins. Like, sure. I think there's, it's oh, all in that mommy world. dearest. Sure. Yes. Okay. So it's also a little bit of mommy dearest as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not one of your fans. Slap. And mm -hmm. then slap yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bitchy shoulders. Sure. Bitchy shoulders. Yeah. Bulged eyes. Okay. Smeared lipstick. Yeah, combat, combat boots. boots. Uh, yeah. You did the arm, right? I did the arm. Okay. I did the arm. Great. Don't worry. Great. I did the arm. Great. Yeah. Well, let's take a break and we'll continue when we come back. This week on Nuance, the All Right Mary After Show. All right. I think if you're a queen coming back like Shea Coulee or you're a queen coming back like uh, Monique Hart or Trixie Mattel or anybody, like we've talked about this in seasons past, but there is a risk 
you are risk like Latrice Royale. Is that's a great, a great example. example yep, that's a great example. Kind of like the sort of art thing of like, well, if you don't like it, it's just because you don't get it. It's like, well, no, I just uh, maybe I don't get it, but I definitely don't like it um, as well. And I <laughs> and I think to say, well, it's it's inspired by this designer that you don't know is. Well, that's really convenient, isn't it? Because then, mm-hmm. then you can always just go to like, oh, it's my deficiency, not yours. Why do so many queens just like stand Derek Barry? I like, I don't get it. And Jeffrey Star, well, I can give two shits about. Well, and and they're both they're both super problematic trash bags. So if you want to hear all that and more, just go to patreon.com backslash all right Mary, and we will see you in nuance. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. Well, um, did you have any other thoughts on the performances in the challenge? Did you want to chat about some? I mean, uh, I will say new. I will say with Mayhem and India, a lot of the problem with that scene was. You stole these things. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. And it was slow. And then they did the whole absurdity of the licking thing. Um, I did think, speaking of Mommy Dearest, a missed opportunity was when Mayhem was like, clean it up instead of clean up this mess. Uh, you know, yeah. and kind of going yeah. further with it. I feel like both of them were not big enough. And I know that's crazy but i just don't think that they were big enough i think um in terms of these challenges there are i do have certain other thoughts that we can bring over to nuance um but i i understood why mayhem and india were in the bottom um i with that being said i did also love for some reason the way mayhem ran into the scene Mm-hmm. Did you oh, notice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because because she was she she had that kind of like woman who works at a dress barn in a suburban strip mall energy. She had this Arlene quality. Hey, yes. hey, you. Yes, Arlene, yeah. stop. Yeah, she, hey, yeah. There's one of those names. Yeah, yeah. She it was she she was giving me that at the beginning, and then it was like once it got to the line of like, and and you stole a, a bunch of stuff, and it was like oh. And we've started on the wrong foot, mm-hmm. and now we're off. And like the moment that Mayhem performed the beeping of the metal detector, I know. I was I like, know. and we're done. This reminds me of in season three when they did the um, Queens in Space, and uh, Manila was supposed to be like performing, like shooting at someone with like a laser gun, and she was making gun noises while she was shooting. And Michelle, it wasn't Michelle, it was whoever was directing, was like, "Why are you making?" gun noises and it was michelle because it was season three uh and so i just feel like that to me i always think of that as like what are you doing this isn't like we're not we're not playing cops and robbers right. around the They'll above ground in pool in, in the backyard yeah. what are you doing yeah. yeah i totally get it yes i know exactly what you're talking about um well i i i do want to talk about a, a cringy moment in this episode besides the challenge obviously and uh one of the guests oh no you no don't make us go back to it we have to i know you no no you 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 no, you, you, you 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 no you 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 oh you you're my best friend no you no i love you you you, you i you, mean you, you, you we had to listen to it twice <laughs> it it was the season's criminum. Yes, um, yes. Criminum is a no, hissy I, for shiz, boy. 
Yeah, I guess I, I should qualify these things that we I haven't said we haven't said in a while. A criminum is exactly what you just did, and it's a thing. So in season six of Drag Race, um, the the whatever the, what's what's a, the what's rap challenge? Called? Yeah, but it's like it's oh no, she something. better don't. Right? Oh no, she better don't. Yeah. So the rap challenge. So they showed it was like the the opening kind of preview of the episode, and then in the preview before the commercials, and then when it actually happened was Ben de la Creme. Uh, doing that thing in uh, the confessional and it was so awful but they just kept repeating it that it became you know eponymously known as the criminum and so it's the thing they repeat often and this episode it was no I love you no I love you no I love you um, and, but then it was and, like this like you 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 yeah uh, it it kind of became like a like a Jerry Springer uh, oh. cheer <laughs> Sure. Now I wasn't sure. Now that is the uh, a criminum for sure. But in terms of cringy moments, I don't want to also skip over what I hate. I, I a compilation of these would just throw me out the window. But botched high fives. Oh, oh. When May. So here's the other thing. Yes, I noticed that May, too. Mayhem in India. Not only were they kind of like not really finding the groove in the challenge. It was also in the workroom where I was like, there's just no synergy here. From like the, they got paired together. India turns with two hands up. Mayhem turns with one hand up. And then they, she just grabs one of them. Like, well, we'll settle for this high five. And Ugh. then they, they had that awful, I mean, we've talked about performative uh, oh, the banter scenes. in the yes, workroom. Yes, yes, But then they had just like uh, some of the worst of, of talking about like being, uh, about stealing. Like, oh, I know you. I, yes. I I saw you over there stealing. It was like, oh, stop, guys! Like, don't waste energy in the tank before the challenge. Like, come on now. And so, I, you know, I gotta give them a break. And I'm talking about them, meaning all of the drag race performers. I gotta give them a break because I know that they're asked to do this, right? Like, I know, I know that. And because Alexis and Shay do the same thing the next scene. Yes, I know. and it's not good. And I love both of them. You know. Uh, not to say that I don't love Mayhem because I do, but Mayhem is also particularly not good at this. I like when Mayhem is like talking real and when she's like really in it, like when she was talking about her two DUIs. It's like that's yeah, that's part of what was so uncomfortable about it was like, I mean, India is just, uh, a, you know, an odd energy in the room. But Mayhem, when she's not doing this like performative banter, she's actually really charming and and uh kind of fun to listen to and and i was actually kind of sad to see her go because i i started to really like her this episode um as like a reality tv contestant uh yeah but when they're doing this fake shit i'm like oh get out of here you know <laughs> yeah we just have to you know we're also in a mood i also have to realize that we've seen many seasons it's like okay yes all right yes um, it's true i i think we can save uh you know that social justice corner moment for nuance um, sure. Because there's a lot to kind of unpack there, and I don't want to. I want to give it some some time. Um, but I will say, in terms of performance, the, a lot of these social justice corners, the queens are a little bit more aware that it's happening when it's happening. And the tell mm -hmm. the tell for me in this episode was when Blair at the end just says, "I know how brave that was." <sighs> I know. I mean, maybe we'll talk about Blair and Nuance. We should. But we should. It 
it's it's continuing to read as yeah like you know someone who says when they're 19 well i'm an old soul <laughs> you know <laughs> and I'm not just... to say that blair doesn't have like experiences and things to add to a conversation but it's just for some reason on this format on all stars we can we see something else and we'll talk about it in nuance i think that's a great uh thing to talk about um so let's talk about the other elephant in the room sarah highland now did you know who sarah highland was before this episode oh you mean that true east village hood rat queen sarah highland cringe <laughs> cringe cringe like stop it um First of all, Margaret Cho said it first on season three that she was raised by drag queens. So get in, get in line, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, I just—it's like I don't even. I think Rue was not buying it, Gia. I know we can't really talk about Gia anymore. She's kind of canceled, but the expression she wasn't buying it, Gia. Um, Sure. Kind of like Gia's apology for you and uh, I saying both, that COVID was a hoax. Yeah, I was going to say, you and I both know that masks do work, right? Right. <laughs> you and I both know there was no hoax, right, Gia? You and I both know that you're abusing your platform, right? Right, right. <laughs> what privilege what indeed. Privilege. You and I yeah. both know that you should really delete your account, right, Courtney yeah. Act? Yes. Right. I mean, talk about making the wrong decision. It was like, uh, sometimes you got to keep those thoughts to yourself. <laughs> talk about a little beady beady. It's like a little beady oh, beady like, in her brain. You know, I'm just like, girl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> girl, even if you think that and feel that and then later, don't put talk on a mask. About, yeah, put on a mask. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Think that, feel that. And later, put on a fucking mask. Oh, my God. I don't want to be a broken record if we'll talk about it in nuance, but I saw something on Twitter of like Hell's Kitchen gays just congregating on Moss outside this weekend. And I was just like, again, again. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. No masks. No, of course, no masks, you know. Oh, uh, uh, well, fems, you know, no mask, but... no femme. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Uh... Um, but anyway, yeah, I found Sarah Hyland to be one of those guests where I'm like, I don't know why this is happening, but okay. So uh, I, I, I hope she's having a good time. I had to look her up and, you know, I didn't watch any of the shows that she's been in. I know that she has like a lot of voracious fans a la like Ariana Grande. Like I know that people like fucking yep. love her. And I don't I the only thing I really kind of recognize her from is the 1999 version of Annie with Kathy Bates. She plays the little girl that gets scared that uh, says, uh, you'll stay up till this place shines, like the top of the Chrysler building. She's uh, Annie sings maybe to her. Uh, Molly. Her name's Molly in uh, Annie. And there's like one listener I know who's going to tweet us and say, I know what you're talking about. So it's worth making the reference because I have no idea. <laughs> I recognize her from Modern Family. I knew her oh. from that. Uh, I, I've seen Modern Family in the beginning was kind of funny, and then I lost interest. Um, I, I never understood why it was a documentary, but that's a whole other bag of beans. It's but, a documentary? Uh, or the way it's filmed is all documentary style. Because like, when it came out, wasn't The Office really big? Sure. A lot of these shows did this. The Office, Parks and Rec. But like The Office was like, they they were like, this is a documentary. There's a film crew here. Sure. But then when Parks and Rec did it, I was like, there's no film crew. And mm-hmm. then when Modern Family did it, I was like, what, what is this? So anyway, um, so I was familiar with her from that. But 
that didn't make me any more excited to see her. The, you know, uh, there. Oh, let me just calm down for a second. So we're having trouble with the challenges. I referenced this before, and we now have a few guests that are not really speaking to us. Granted, last season was fabulous. I mean, I think the caliber of last season and then the whatever the opposite of caliber is this season is noticeable. Exactly. And I'm just kind of like, is it? Is it really budget? Is it really schedule? Because honestly, I would rather them not have Sarah Hyland or have Sarah Hyland's uh, managers ask Drag Race if she can be on it. I would rather have like, I don't know, an expert in improv or, you know, it's like have Mm -hmm. Catherine O'Hara come on or uh, an SNL member, you know, Bowen Yang or something. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's odd to me that they keep kind of stumbling every now and then. Um, And I don't think it's the guest's fault necessarily. I think it's the production for putting the guest on and not reading the room. Yeah, that's that would be my biggest question is like how how does this happen? Like because there's certain guests they get like you look at season 12 and again, it's probably a whole thing. But you look at the caliber of guests they got from AOC to Whoopi to um, to Nikki. I mean, they just got, you know, Leslie, uh, see, Leslie, Leslie, Jordan, Jones. Leslie Jordan, Leslie Jones. Um, and so, like, who knows how they got them? But it's like all guests that people are going to be excited to see who are going to feel kind of relevant to the show in some way or just going to feel like a, an up-leveling of the show, the kind of people they're bringing on. And so, uh, you know, there have been questionable ones in the past, like Andy McDowell. I still don't understand. And I assume this is a similar situation where they've just got an open slot and somebody's PR person or manager is like, you know, finding opportunities mm-hmm, for them. Mm-hmm. Madison, but I can't... Madison, hold my beer. Here's Sarah yeah, Highland. Yeah, Madi- yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, Madison O'Doul's. Yeah. I I feel like where they have the Madison beers and the Sarah Highlands and the Andy McDowell's, no shade, Andy, there's just so many other people that I'm sure were available. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I mean, we're coming in hard about it, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I think we should. I think I think we're. I think it's time to you know really support uh, different types of people on that panel as experts. You know, I don't know. Well, and it's like I think I think that I get what you're saying. It's like which we try to take up, you know, not just shit on a show for 90 minutes or whatever, but like uh, I feel like at the same time, like not that anyone gives a shit what we have to say, but I think you know, it's disingenuous to talk about it and be like, oh yeah, no, this was fun. This was great. If like, we're like, nah, this is, you know, these are our actual real thoughts on it. Like, I think we should be honest. If we don't like it, I don't like it. I don't like it. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying I'm going to stop watching the show or anyone's garbage. Just like, "Mm." you know what the weird thing is though? The first time I watched the episode, like when I watched it on Friday night, I mean, I, I felt, points it was like eh, that didn't really work for me or eh. but in general like i had a lot of fun like that's the other weird thing is i actually had a lot of fun the first go around watching this episode um and then watching it again it was like then i saw kind of where the flaws were mm. and i think that that was an interesting perspective while we're on this kind of meta topic because we're here you know analyzing the shit out of it for four years as we do um four years coming this week <gasps> july 1st oh, four years we're gonna be four how old be is four? that in podcast years 
<laughs> Ooh, I don't know. That, I mean, I think we're certainly like we can certainly drive. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think, but we can't drink. But I think, um, what was I going to say? About, oh, yo, I think that there are. You know, we are, we're used to analyzing the shit out of this and seeing all the the patterns and whatnot. But I felt like I experienced what the show is like for a lot of people. That was a really fun thing to watch on Friday night. Can't wait to see what happens next week. Totally, totally. Mary, I had the same thought, oddly, very oddly, uh, Evie oddly. Um, Evie, you? Evie, you? I was just thinking this because I, you know, bars are starting to open up here in Portland. And I was like, should I... Should I go buy scandals and see if I can get in? And then I'm like, no, ugh, people aren't going to be wearing masks. And then, uh, so I didn't go out. But I, I was looking forward to being in Portland and going to different bars to watch season 12 and All-Stars 5. And I was like, yeah, because I'm kind of over watching it alone. And I think it is, mm-hmm. it is such a different experience. Like watching that improv challenge, Mary, would have been so funny. If there were mm-hmm. eight other, uh, excuse me, eight. <laughs> if there were specifically eight, <laughs> if there were thirty-eight other, uh, you know, queer people watching it with me, um, laughing because it's infectious and it's about the community and it's like, oh, we get this. Oh, they're entertaining us rather than yeah. it's me on my couch being entertained. And so I did. I do miss that. I miss the community that this show was supposed to be speaking towards. Because, you know, obviously there are some drag shows you can watch that are in a club context that don't translate, right? And then there are mm-hmm. some, you know, like Jasmine Masters has an entire, uh, you know, channel that doesn't translate to drag race and so on and so forth. So I I think that's kind of the problem right now is that these were filmed, season 12 and All-Stars 5 were filmed within a context of gay super bowl and Mm -hmm. it's no longer there and so it feels weird we feel a little robbed we're we've all been kind of been through it and plus on top to make matters worse there have been many many seasons of drag race and the format the guests and the challenges are starting to become a little bit too repetitive Mm-hmm. Even with a season like this that purportedly has all these big twists, and there's and it sounds like next week is going to be another one, but there's kind of the feeling of like, yeah, but I bet it's similar to like another twist we've seen before, even if it's a little different. Like there's there's a sense of even on a season that's supposed to be like throwing all the rules out the window and whatnot, it's like, well, some of them jump back in the window, I think, because it's <laughs> it's still kind of familiar, you know? Oh, t- um, they would they would not have something that drastically different. Totally. They'd lose people because, you know, at the end of the day, for the people who just want to have a fun thing to watch on Friday night with their friends, it's like, well, don't don't change it up too much. You know, like don't like what we want to see is some drama in the workroom, some, you know, some shit happen in a challenge. We want to see some runways. We want to see some lip syncs. You know, like people aren't asking for too much. And I think that's fine. Uh, I agree with you. I kind of wish I could just like you know, sit and enjoy and, you know, watch something without thinking about, uh, you know, all, all the details of it or without analyzing it or without seeing all this other stuff and to just kind of be, have the blinders on and just have fun for two hours. But, um, <clears throat> and that like, <clears throat> to your point, like, it's also designed to be watched with people. It's designed to be watched as like uh, a community event. And I so, think, I think, yeah. Yeah. And so you do kind of, 
miss some of the inherent joy of drag race when you take it out of that space. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's just different. It's different. Um, so in terms of the, the camo couture, uh, uh, again, it was there were some great looks, some not. I didn't love the theme. Um, I did really, yeah. you know, Pizza Queen Juju B serving Phyllis Neffler, but if she had a Boy Scout troop in totally. Beverly Hills, yes, <laughs> totally, yeah. This was like, and and if not Beverly Hills, like maybe this is like the Glendale Tiger Scouts mm, or something, you know? Glendale, ooh, I love that. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, you had Aquaria come out in place of Miss Cracker. Oh, I was gonna say. <laughs> I was going to say that old conflict. <laughs> Couldn't believe it Aquaria was very, came back for yeah. All-Star. It was very, yeah. It was very Aquarian. I agree. I thought, uh, oh, this is what they were talking about, you know, three seasons ago. <laughs> Camo Couture. I mean, she just camouflaged herself as the winner of season 10. <laughs> I definitely didn't see Cracker anymore. I'll tell you that. Uh, I, and you know, I, I, I clocked Blair's butterflies on her wings. Uh, uh-huh. I was like, all right. And uh, again, pants on the runway. So I, yeah, I mean, I liked Blair's look. Like, I, I appreciate oh, that. She, she looked she gorgeous. Said, okay. It's camo, but I'm going to like take, I'm going to use it to do something else. I thought, well, <clears throat> that's, that to me is way more interesting than like, you know, well, <clears throat> Here's a camo dress. Here's a camo bathing suit. Mary, you know? uh, let's put a, let's put a pin in that, Mickey, because I have thoughts on that very topic. I reached out to um, fashion guru Evan Ross Katz um, about that whole idea of like fashion and what's going on with runways on All Stars. Um, because yeah, I agree. Like the the example that I'll give that I'll talk more about on nuance is Shea Coulee. It's like, let's look at Shea Coulee and let's look at Blair. And I think Shea Coulee is getting a lot more points than Blair. And I disagree. Wow. Yeah, I do too. And I think that's an unpopular opinion. It is. <clears throat> yes. But I, I mean, I didn't like the ruffle. I could say that for sure. <laughs> about Shea. And like all this just being like, how did I feel when I saw the look? I think it, after four years our Mary should be clear. Not that they've all listened for four years, but in that span of time, we have never claimed to be fashion experts. No. This is just what makes you think I ha- have an interest in fashion. Yeah. It's just how the clothes make me feel. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was something off about it. And okay, I'm going to be like this. I, I never point out these things, but this I noticed, like it seemed to me that everything in her look should have had the same pattern, but the boots were different. Right? Like it was the same colors, but it's like a pattern. And so you can't have two different patterns unless you're like doing some shit. But the idea was clearly that everything was the same camo pattern. And then the boots were kind of like, well, it's like a cousin of the the dress. Interesting. Interesting. And the the look wasn't even about the boots. No, but I just. Combat boots. Sorry. Combat boots. Blue camo, <laughs> blue camo, an unnecessary ruffle, <laughs> and the glasses. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and I kind of loved like there. I love that Mrs. Kravitz kind of mm-hmm. you know nosy neighbor. Oh, that in the 60s was thing. Brilliant. Her performance the part on I the liked. runway is brilliant. Like that. I'm like, yeah. Take all of my money. Absolutely. Right. And did you need to be in this blue camo? Right. Right. And like, did it need to be this? Um, yeah. And. 
maybe if it didn't have the ruffle, I don't know. Um, I will say, uh, Farah looked great, or India Farah, <laughs> India Farah. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, it was like who uh, just got yeah, out of the golden know, shower with that wet hair. Well, yeah, I mean, it was. I liked it because I liked that it was a little, it was different. I felt like her camo was like Street Fighter camo, like video game Street Fighter okay, camo. Okay, yeah, sure. Like it was very, like, it it didn't, it, it looked kind of cheap, but then if you put it in the lens of like video game aesthetic, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Otherwise, it's just like, it's Wish.com camo, you know? You called her a pig in a wig. <laughs> You called her a pig in a wig. Colin, did you just call her crafty? Oh, well, it depends. Is is Are we considering that a compliment or an issue this week? Um, I want to talk about Mayhem before we talk about the lip sync. So Mayhem, uh, one of the things she said is, I know Camo is supposed to be like, I'm hiding, but I want you to see me coming. And for me, I'm like, I love you, Mayhem. And that does not fill this brief. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't fill my briefs. Like I'm not exactly. Interested. Like, she was just... wearing a, ba- a bathing suit and a belt. What are you doing out here <laughs> in a bathing suit, with no corset and a belt? I I love. Yeah. I, I I hear her where she's like, "I'm Black Barbie," and I'm like, "Girl, this is All Stars." Like like, step yeah. it up, step it up. Look yeah. at the, look at a, look around you. You're gonna defend this look. I didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, you're saying you're saying Black Barbie. I'm saying Skipper. <laughs> Skipper Skipper Um, You know While we're on the topic of mayhem And uh, Then digs at Sarah Hyland At one point Sarah comes up with the um, Genius pun of Camo she did not And then quickly turns to RuPaul to see if she gets a laugh And Michelle Michelle is I you know I love Michelle But clearly I know that Michelle Was not feeling it either because Michelle Did this like oh my god thing of like she she didn't think it was funny but she had to react in some way but she couldn't fake a laugh and I felt like that told me that moment and then later when uh Sarah Hyland was saying about how Cracker's look was like Beyonce meets like Ariana Grande and then RuPaul just like takes a pause and says that's the outfit and I thought wow they could give two shits what she has to say on this judges panel I mean let's call it the Michelle Tell uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Ru- RuPaul's better at it. But when Michelle's just not feeling it, I love it. Oh, you she, know. It shows. You know. You oh, know. Absolutely. Yeah. She's like, "Are you kidding me?" Um, yeah. yeah. No, I I appreciated that for sure. Uh, Mayhem's. Let's talk about Mayhem's new attitude. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Mayhem. What I like about this was, you know, once I saw Untucked, and she was like, "Did I have an attitude?" Yes. I was pissed, and I thought, you know, and then she, and when she said to Michelle in, in Untucked, like, I had a sense I was probably going home, and I thought, you know, well, I'm never going to have a chance to clap back. I'm not happy right now. Mm-hmm. And I, once I heard that whole story, I was like, I love that. I I mean, she voted for herself. That. I love that. Oh, like, I love that. She's just like, no. And you know what was interesting? Michelle... I mean, I can love Michelle and also critique Michelle, right? I hope. I hope that it's I'm safe enough to do that. But Michelle being like, you can't get offended. This is difficult. It's like, well, don't you want them to be offended? Don't you want them to stand up for themselves? Like, I, 
Mm. And also, why are you calling her out of being offended when, like, what did you expect? She's going to disagree with you. This is all stars. I guess it's the pageant side of it all. Mm. Of Like, can you take all this criticism and bear it with, like, a smile and, like, you know, uh, be a real queen about it? Terrible. But, I mean, like, that's a pageant. These are drag queens. Yeah. I I agree. I I think that Tammy Brown would be very proud. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. And like, I mean, there was that moment from All Stars One where she's where Tammy Brown says to Michelle on the stage, "Well, if I wanted to read you, I could read you for that line of na- makeup down your neck." <laughs> what does she say, Grand Dam? Oh, she calls her a grand. Yeah, she was. Oh, yeah. Um, she was. Uh, it was haughty. Uh, she's being the grand. She's acting the grand dame. It was haughty, and uh, I didn't like it, or just disp- or something, but something like that. Uh. Uh, I mean, it's why we live for Valentina being like, uh, you know, the one in the dress with the bun, right? Like, mm-hmm. we want them to, we want to see the fire. We do want them to be offended, even though I disagree with Mayhem for not seeing what what it was. I still wanted to fight for it. And I loved yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. There was a moment I, I've been, uh, Pluto TV, I think I talked about this before, but they... It's amazing, but they have lots of old episodes of Drag Race, and I was watching like a season three episode, and I've seen Alexis clap back at Michelle a few times. I mean, there was mm. it was one where they were doing like red carpet looks, and she was like, and Michelle was like, I don't know where you would wear this to, and she's like, Well, I love this dress, and if when I go to my red carpet, I'm gonna wear it and I'm gonna rock it. So bam, and <laughs> I was just I loved it, and uh, I think Michelle's or. I think in the reunion, I think that Alexis says to Michelle something along the lines of like, well, you paid for your titties too, or something <laughs> like that. So Alexis like is a, I, like these point being, I'm all for Queens snapping back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like when, um, one other example, uh, is when Michelle is like, well, you kind of already did this look Valentina. And then she's like, what, when did I do this look? She's like, well, for snatch oh, game. Yeah. And she's like, that was Miss Columbia. This is Miss Venezuela, right? Or something like that. Yeah, and, and, and then yeah. Michelle was like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> She's like, that, you weren't wearing that? She's like, no, I wasn't wearing that in this. It's uh, like the Vivian's nose when she was like, you know, you have a nose job. She's like, this is prosthetic. <laughs> this is not my nose. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's, I mean, I guess it's also part of Michelle's charm yes. is when she's totally wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But. I will say, you know, we're kind of talking about like they're they're she's being pretty tough with mayhem. And I feel like, you know, mm. you always wonder if some of it's informed by like we know each other, I can be real with you. Whereas I feel like the judges are using kid gloves with India. I don't understand their angle with India at all. I don't. Yeah. I feel like everyone is being everyone is going to this everyone. Place of, like, well, India really she really needs this. Like right. she's really fighting for this. And it's like they're all working hard and like I, it's yeah and it's an interesting narrative and meanwhile you have Derek Barry just like reading her for filth offline oh god yeah <laughs> I mean it's it makes you kind of wish Derek was still in the room uh not it, that much but, but yes not, I hear I mean, what you're yeah. saying <laughs> I'm sure we'll see her again before the season is over but I think that like that's why I'm feeling like India is feeling like a mule of the season because it's very clear to me that she's not performing up to the level of the others. And like next week is snatch game and she's like, I don't see her suddenly turning it out. I'm happy to pull a Michelle and be wrong here, but like 
the preview shows her saying that she's going to take a risk. So either she's going to win or fail miserably. But I just think that like we are hitting the we're hitting the border, India. You know, like <laughs> we can't go much further. Thank you, India. <laughs> Thank you, India. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Future last chance lip sync when she goes yeah, home. Yeah, <laughs> right? When she goes home, it'll be thank you. Yeah. Um. So Morgan McMichaels, I I just have to say, sorry, a last chance uh, or a lip sync assassin that we weren't expecting and wasn't on anyone's list. I, I Was she just brought on because she's so close to the franchise? Am I also being shady? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like there was the theory that these are all, you know, Drag Race Live performers. I don't know if oh. she's in that show. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think when we say, like, oh, who's a lip sync assassin, it seems to me that these would be queens. Granted, there's all these other factors, but if you're going to use that definition, that these are queens that we've seen, that we've seen kill lip syncs before. Mm-hmm. I think that Morgan, I mean, she had that one from season three that was great. Um but it's it just seems to me that like lip lip sync assassins, I definitely had just have a different list. I think that's what it comes down to. And I know Dita Ritz is never gonna show up on the show. I know Trinity Cabonet is never gonna show up on the show. And so there's like queens that I know are great lip syncers who aren't gonna be on the show. And to me, that's lip sync assassin, not hey, here's a popular girl from the Rue franchise. Right. And popular with Morgan. I mean, is Morgan as popular as uh, a Trinity K. Bonet? I guess so, because she's been on oh. TV more. Yeah, she was on All Stars. Yeah. yeah, she Morgan absolutely like Morgan has way a way bigger profile in that world, I mm-hmm. think, than Trinity. Um, I so this lip sync, I thought Cracker looked severe. Her face looked plastic, which I thought was really cool. Mm. Um, I you know I'm. I thought Morgan won this lip sync. Um, I loved her swirling. I love. Oh when, my god! You know, the cape? yes. Ugh. I mean, uh, like, fantastic. Fan. Yeah. Came, came prepared. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, she has that whole like searching for you, baby, uh, and points to Cracker's vagine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, to me, the one mistake that Morgan made is when she lip syncs the echo of life, which I believe is a no-no when you lip sync to an echo. Um, Yeah, yeah, I hear that. But that's the only thing. Um, I know Cracker did well, but was it a tie for you, Mary? No, no. I felt like, first of all, like the costumes were so similar and the editing didn't help. I don't know if you noticed this, but towards the end... So we have that moment of Miss Cracker doing those peekaboos over the back, you know, from the from the back entrance. <laughs> so it's cute, yeah, whatever. It's cute. And and when that's happening, Morgan is like downstage left, and then the next shot is Morgan cartwheeling down the stage and Cracker being center stage. And I was like, wait, I thought that was Cracker. She was just back there, and so and they looked so similar Mary, that I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to be looking at. Mary, here. totally, totally. There was. There's some rigor Morris going on here. Like, do they film this twice? Uh, well, did yeah, you stone so, those tights? I'm just like, did you stone those tights? <laughs> Were you stoned in those tights? I mean, I think that Morgan gave a really clean, like precise lip sync. I think she really like, you have to find that rhythm of the song, no matter what it is. And just like, like, get into the waves of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I say that as someone with zero riv- rhythm, I can't even say the word, but then, 
Cracker, I think, was just like, oh, this is where I'm going to do another cartwheel with my knees kind of cracking. Sure. And it was like, if you're going to do three cartwheels, make one of them clean. Uh, and I, I, oh, I guess, I guess those other two at the end weren't even her. They were. They weren't. So I was, was going to say it was just that. the bad yeah, one. That's right. It was only one time she did it. I did appreciate. Speaking of rhythm, I did appreciate Cracker disappearing behind the wall to break up the rhythm because it was so mm-hmm. monotonous with these two mm-hmm. two girls in the same outfit going high energy that they looked great again but yeah it wasn't a wasn't a tie for me yeah i i i mean i i enjoyed you know when morgan did the kind of like skip it moment mm-hmm. but it was like to me that was a great example cuz cracker wasn't displaying any stage presence with that with that move no. it was very internal it was very like i'm going to do uh, this uh, yeah, do you want us what to about see this? you doing that? What about this? Yeah, what about this? Well, what about this? What about this? Yeah, no. I mean, I I don't I just did not feel I felt like Cracker did a lot, but it didn't do a lot for me. Mm. And I felt like Morgan maybe did less, but it did more for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless, they both voted for Mayhem or they both sent Mayhem home, which I think was also apparently planned, you know, like they weren't going to yeah. send two girls home. Uh, They're already running out of girls. I, I know. Mean, <laughs> there's, I mean, obviously something's going to happen because there's only two eliminations left. Oh, there is? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, then I there's mean, a top after, four, Mary. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's a top four and two eliminations. So they sent uh, Mayhem, Mayhem home this week. So for next week, it's going to be India, Alexis, Shea. Blair, Cracker, Juju. Yeah, that's six. So six and then five, and then they have a top four. So that that's makes... what I'm saying. There's going to be two more eliminations. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. So I'm just saying, like, it feels to me that, like, they... We're already kind of running out of queens. This is like Drag Race season... Drag Race Thailand season two, mm, where, right, uh, where all like, of a sudden... We, yeah. Where is everybody? We're down to five queens. Like, it seems to me that they're... A, they wouldn't send two queens home in an episode, and B, we've still got a lot of twists in the road before we get to top four, despite there only being two actual eliminations left. You know, I okay, I I yeah, for me, I just expect what three more episodes. That just feels so short. Doesn't it feel short to you? Like this just started. Feels isn't it? just right, Mary. <laughs> feels just right. <laughs> I guess, I guess. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm so used to the regular seasons being such fucking slogs. <laughs> oh my god! I was so I was watching season three, and it was like they get to a top four, and then they bring Carmen back, and I was like, oh, for God's sake! And so, uh, yeah, maybe that's it. But I just feel like this season is just jetting by. Mm. It is, uh, and that's okay because you know Canada's Drag Race is coming. That's true. That's true. I so, I guess yeah, it's man. not like I'm going to be left hungry. Yeah, for, just um, go fix your hair, fix your mug. Now, the only <laughs> thing I want to say because I feel like I know we got to wrap things up, but I feel like we have. There's one thing. There's BSA of the week, and then there's one thing that we have not talked about all season that I feel like we should at least mention on the main episode. Got it. And that would be the voting bathroom. Like, what is that? Why are we voting in? It's like it's like a it's like a 
two-bedroom flexible apartment in wall, you know, in, in the financial district where they turn part of the living room into a bedroom with the pressurized wall. I feel like that's what this bathroom is. It's just this like weird room they've built in the middle of the workroom. But why? Wait, why it's a bathroom? It a bathroom. It's a bathroom. It's a bathroom. It's got a I am sink. not I don't know what you're talking about right now. There's a sink. What okay, you... so when the queens when the queens need to put lip syncs in the boxes, yes, they they all go into a room one by one, and they're facing a mirror, and they are in some impromptu portalo. <laughs> I have not. It's... I will. I will watch this again and die next week, and we can yeah. talk more about it because I have. I did not notice that. So yeah, I mean, there's no toilets. You know, there's a sink. There's a vanity. It's like the Brady Bunch house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, but they are straight up voting in a bathroom. <laughs> And I just wanted to mention that. You're full um, of shit, Mary. <laughs> I mean, I am just flush with the truth here. Clogging so up I... this episode. <laughs> oh, God. Dre knows you better. Oh, no, that didn't even work. Dre knows oh, no, no, she better. No, it doesn't Done. even matter. Done. Dre knows no, she down. better. Don't. <laughs> you turd. <laughs> Um, I just really piss on your uh, hat. Um, so <laughs> so yes, um, go ahead. Uh, yeah. And anyway. then, okay. So BSA, BSA, BSA of the week. I had a hard time with one this one this week. BSA of the week. I kind of, I I mean, Alexis always gets a nod. I think if if best supporting Alexis. Uh, were to get a moment, it's probably when they were revealing who the secret lip sync assassin was, and she said, "Is that even a human?" I I don't know. It was such a dumb comment. It was. Dumb. <laughs> I'm glad they. It was. I'm dumb. glad they kept it in. You know, um, I feel like I want to give it to Mayhem. Uh, oh, because yeah. because of of how she was able to be during Social Justice Corner. Um, That's true. And that walk that she did in the challenge. I, I, maybe I'm going a little off yeah. script, darling. Oh, you know who it is, Mary? You know who gets it? Mm-hmm. Carson. Okay, yeah. No, I, I'm glad you mentioned Mayhem as a nominee. I agree with you about the dress barn worker, but I think you're right. I think we go back to the one who brought us. We dance with him. It was Carson. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Marys, we're going to leave it there. If you have any thoughts on this episode, you can reach out to us on Twitter at AllRightMary. You can find us on the web at www.AllRightMary.com or TasteOfReality.com slash AllRight-Mary. You can find, you can reach us out to us by email at AllRightMaryPodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at JohnnyAlso or Twitter at JohnnyAlso1. And you can, of course, find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, or Best Supporting Podcast, a celebration of Best Supporting Actresses. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And uh, you can get more of both of us, including access to the All Right Mary After Show nuance and a bonus episode uh, every week, even these lately, if you're an only Mary, um, by going to patreon.com slash All Right Mary. Which includes, hopefully, our coverage of Canada's Drag Race, which starts this Thursday, Mary. So that's a very good point. We are, are going to start yes, covering it on new on, on Patreon, on Patreon, uh, and then eventually, I believe, we'll be releasing it to the Free Skate Marys. But yep, if you want up to date coverage, uh, you know, follow us on Patreon. Um, Mary, who are we donating um, our our Patreon money to this week? 
Well, as a reminder to everyone listening, every week this season of Drag Race, we are featuring another organization um, that you can help support and donate to as we are this week uh, to help keep the Black Lives Matter movement going and keep the conversation going um, from uh, everything that's happened this past month. Um, And so this week we are supporting the National Black Justice Coalition. And uh, as usual, they're going to say it better than I am. So I'm just going to read their synopsis. The National Black Justice Coalition is a civil rights organization dedicated to the empowerment of black, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and queer and same gender loving people, including people living with HIV, HIV, AIDS. Why am I having a hard time saying HIV, AIDS? Um, NBJC's mission is to end racism, homophobia and the LGBTQ SGL bias and stigma. As America's leading national black LGBTQSGL civil rights organization focused on federal public policy, the NBJC, it's a lot of acronyms in that sentence, has accepted the charge to lead black families in strengthening the bonds and bridging the gaps between the movements for racial justice and LGBTQSGL equality. Um, I, I mentioned them or I chose them this week because another podcast that I love, uh, Gay Lords of Darkness, they were doing a fundraiser all this past week. They had a, an episode every single day as a fundraiser for the NBJC and raised over $5,000. So I thought, well, as their fundraiser is ending, why don't we see what we could add to uh, this week? So we will be donating a portion of our Patreon proceeds to them and... We'll have info in our uh, description of the episode if you'd like to as well. Thank you so much, Mary. Uh, Will you let us know what our last chance lip sync is? Of course. Well, in honor of our uh, SheMZ or Shems, Shems. as I like to call it, episode, uh, you know, all about rumors and gossip, we thought that we would feature the 2004 smash hit song, (laughs) Rumors Dumpster fire uh, By none other than Miss Lindsay Lohan Ugh. This song is just It's garbage And I love it I love how dumb it is And I love how catchy it is And I think That is such a lovely soup It's dumb and catchy <laughs> That was the best <laughs> Yeah Oh yeah Yeah this is some Spilled gazpacho From me to you On our near Four year anniversary Thanks, Marys. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>